Welcome to Generation Tech, where two crotchety tech guys talk about tech from the perspective of two different generations, old and older. <laughs> hey, I like Brinker. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the older, my dad, Jack Brinker. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Todd. Good yeah. to hear your voice. And- Glad to have you back from Vegas. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, we're we're recording a couple days late. I uh, was in route back home on Monday morning and on President's Day, and then yesterday after morning swim practice, where I was coaching, I went to go pick up my pups who were staying with in-laws. So I had to go down and get them. So we weren't able to record yesterday, but uh, happy to be home. Happy to have my puppies back, and uh, happy to be here talking tech. So yeah, so I've been struggling this morning with tech. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes it just magically works. You know what's really irritating is we're so used to it just magically working all the time that on the rare occasions that it doesn't, it's really aggravating, isn't it? It is. It it's, really is. It's amazing how it like hits that spot that just like immediately brings anger and rage. <laughs> it's like and then yeah. frustration and sadness. <laughs> like why? Yeah, well, yeah, well, I, the other thing is, is I'm less sure of myself on the computer now because mm-hmm. I don't use it except during our podcasts. Right. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, pretty much. That's the only thing. Yeah. You're pretty and, much an iPad guy, right? iPad yeah. and iPhone occasionally. Yeah. Anyway, and this morning I booted up and immediately got a message saying, it, uh, do you want to approve a connection of a device that I didn't recognize? Ah. You know? And so I said, no, I don't, I don't want that. I don't right. know what it is, you know? Yeah. And anyway, uh, and even so, I think I figured out that it was just this little adapter, but, but mm-hmm. I've never had something address an adapter like that before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, the operating system in, in more recent updates now, anytime anything's plugged in, wants you to acknowledge that you intended that to be plugged in and you, and you're okay with it. And so, uh-huh. um, yeah, you've got a third-party adapter that's your Ethernet adapter, right, that allows you to attach to the network? That's right. That way I don't have to depend on Wi-Fi. Right, which is the best way to be recording. You know, if we're, we're using Skype going back and forth, better to have a hardwired connection than than depend on Wi-Fi, which can fluctuate here and there and hither and thither. Right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It gets you a little befuddled when things don't work the same as right. they've been working. And I said, yeah. what have they done to me? Yeah. <laughs> well, and your microphone also was, you had to approve that hardware to be plugged in. So you unplugged it and plugged it back in and then acknowledged that, yes, yeah. you do intend to use the microphone. Yeah. So, so you know, I guess would, this will be a recurring thing. From well, it would on, be huh? nice if the software recognized that this is a standard configuration. These two devices are devices that you use regularly. And so if you plug them in, once you've approved it, they should just say, okay, that's on the approved list, you know? You know, one thing that I did that I noticed was different, and that is that I I didn't turn my computer off the last time. I just closed the lid, and then I never went back and actually rebooted it. Oh, uh uh-huh. So when I opened it up, maybe it had to do with that. Now, I just opened it up, and it suddenly, I guess... Maybe thought that it lost those. Well, it did. It lose the. It did lose those devices because I unplugged them so I could take my computer out and stick it where I store it. Right. And so then it was like, I, you know, I didn't didn't uh, turn the computer down with. Them. Right. Well, and so if you left it I, sitting there in that sleep mode without actually shutting, you know, going to the software and shutting it down, it, yeah. uh, you know, it was it 
probably did some updates and stuff in the background too that it wouldn't do if you'd have powered it off. That's possible so. too. Now it didn't run the battery down much, but yeah, you know, that's the benefit of the M1 chip. I yeah, I was going to say you could go a long time without running the battery down much. So no, uh, not so a real anyway, surprise there. That that probably also had something to do with with it. So. Mm-hmm. If I did something different, it's going to be behave different. <laughs> yeah, strangely enough, computers do kind of what they're told, right? That that's yeah. the frustrating thing is when things aren't working right. You're like, what? Okay, what what changed? What did I do differently? And sometimes it's very subtle little things that can have profound effects on how the device is functioning. Right. So, and again, like you said, it's not something that you use day in and day out anymore. And so each time you sit down at it, you're like trying to think through the process as opposed to just Letting you know muscle memory take over, right? So, so we have anyway. a uh, uh, a press release from Apple. This shouldn't be a huge surprise, but uh, those who have gone to the Apple Vision Pro demo in the store, they let you see little snippets of immersive video, and the immersive video was the most impressive part of the entire. Uh, demo from my perspective it literally makes you feel like you're standing in the room with somebody or at the stadium or you know insert whatever the video was and turns out that those little uh, snippets weren't just snippets they're actually um, shows that have been put together in immersive video uh, you know with, with uh, John Favreau doing some of the the uh, production and direction and Alicia Keys in her studio with her band and uh, it was very impressive and those of you who have Apple Vision Pros can sit down and watch these things they said the Apple TV app on Apple Vision Pro is available at no additional cost and it was available as of February 2nd. So right from the get-go, they had these videos available. The thing to me I think is going to be cool is when you start seeing more, uh, you know, like movie-length type things being shot this way. Mm-hmm. I wonder, too, if they can shoot it this way and then master it back down to regular screens for other people. So they'll just shoot with to gather the most data. You know, well, what, what what do you think is the real difference? What what does immersive video mean other than the fact that they call it that? You know? Okay, it is really hard to explain other than to say that it is three it is super high quality eight K three D video that is mapped to the periphery of your vision. So, if once you've centered the screen and you are looking at it. That's all you see, as far as you can see to the right, as far as you can see to the left, up and down. Now, if you turn your head, you can turn past the edge of it because it's 180 degrees up and 180 degrees around. So you can turn away from the video within the Apple Vision Pro. But if you just sit watching it, instead of seeing a screen that has 3D images on it, you you, you are enveloped. You are completely in, uh, wrapped around by this high-quality 3D image, almost impossible to distinguish from sitting in a room without any goggles on. So imagine being able to, like you're sitting right now and you look ahead, and and what can you, if you turn your eyes, without turning your head, turn your eyes to your left, turn your eyes to your right, turn your eyes up, turn your eyes down. Everything that you see could be projected in this screen exactly like that. Yeah. 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 well, but that has mostly to just to do with the fact that they're that you're really watching it in 
in immersive uh, view, which is like the large in the theater. What did they call this uh, new thing when they came around? Wrap around. They even had oval screens. I think. Yeah, I mean, they, they've they've had you know like at Disneyland, you could go to a three hundred and sixty degree movie, but those were screens that wrapped around yeah. you, but it didn't wrap up over the top yeah. of you or down underneath you. This right. does that. It wraps completely around you so that, I mean, at that point, there is no there is no periphery or anything around the image to give you uh, a sense that you are not just there. I got you. It, it really gives it's, you the, the, the feeling that you are physically wherever that video okay. is. I, I, I have to question, though, whether the the actual picture quality is is any better because they're going to use that same quality in everything you see. It's just that you don't. It's, it's the it's the brain feeling that you're now in within the one set. You know that scene. Or what, what do you mean in. by question whether the picture quality is better? Better than what? Uh, you know, pixel image part. You know, any part of the screen has got this. Uh, the image. Quality. The image is the quality of whatever the screen is in front of your eyeball. Yes. Yes. They and they specifically said it was an 8K image, and I think what they're doing is they're uh, basically putting 4K in one eye and 4K in the other. Right, right. You know, so you, you're you, but, but, if you have stereo vision, of course, if you're one-eyed, it doesn't do you any good. But if you have stereo vision, then that's but, going to give you the equivalent of an 8K image. Okay, but that pixel quality is the same whenever whatever you're looking at in the in the image, you're just not immersed in it because you're not in close. And there's, there's other things. Are, are, well, the, it's more than the, in close. But yes, most of the things within the Apple Vision Pro sit within windows that sit that are floating in a virtual space. Right. So you can have exactly you have that same resolution, uh, you know, inside that window. But, you know, inside that window is almost like a virtual virtual version of sitting in front of a screen. Like, right. you know, uh, or a television, and you know, it's, right. it's, you just and, see a square and, on the wall. And because we've not ever had something right this close to our eyes, we couldn't be nearly as immersed no matter what you do. Right. That's why theaters are limited by the size of their screens. Right. right. Yeah. This this I mean, this past weekend I was in Las Vegas and I went and saw the sphere, which is a 360 or, uh, you know, uh, it's a big round ball, basically. And they project video onto this ball, both inside and outside. But on the inside, you get roughly 180 degrees up and, and not quite down because there's the bottom of the screen and you're in a theater, but all the way around you to your periphery of vision. And so it has a similar sense. But it's not 3D because I did, they weren't projecting it in 3D and I didn't have goggles or glasses or anything on to give me 3D. Right. And so, uh, you know, the sense was similar to the Apple Vision Pro, but nowhere near as good overall. Uh, yeah, I've been to uh, astronomy place. What do they call those where they project? They have this projectors in a cluster in the middle of this sphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you're sitting, you're sitting around in, and except, I mean, you can divert your eyes and look around at the audience, but yeah. it's black. It's totally black. So, right. You know, well, uh, that's kind of what the sphere is. But everything, instead of a projected screen, everything is is LED screens around oh. the entire interior. And imagine a screen in a theater that's large enough to seat over eighteen thousand people. <laughs> that's how that's, big this place is. Wow, it's impressive. 
Uh, hmm. Yeah, 18,500 seats, roughly. But and, since you can build these panels so cheaply anymore, it's mm-hmm. just a, a, a wall that's paneled with televisions, right? Basically, yeah, except that I think that the, the little LED panels they're putting up are about the size of a Kindle. Um, Apple uses the same technology in some of their stores. The back wall of the Apple store that I was at uh, when I went and saw the demo, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Vision Pro demo, the back wall, uh, the entire wall was a screen, super high res screen, and that's what it was. Was it was a uh, a wall made of panels of these these LED panels that were the size of a you know iPad Mini. Yeah, yeah. To to a certain extent, even the goggles have for those who wear glasses, and I think everybody wears glasses in those, don't they? They may be just glass glasses, but there's an edge to them or something that you can probably see. Um, the way it projects is, and the way your brain handles it is you don't feel like you're looking through goggles to see what's seeing. There isn't a sense that you are, um, uh, that you see the perimeter of the area of vision. Your brain just kind of accepts that this is what you see. It's a wide enough field of view that you don't really notice that. In yeah. other words, it's almost natural in terms of the the, the field of vision. So, for those know. of us for those of us who who do wear glasses, we're always aware of where the glasses end on the, around. Yeah, them, yeah, you, know? you can see the edge of the glasses. The with the Vision Pro, like if I if I hold my head steady and look to my left and put my hand up till it's just the periphery of vision where I can barely see it. If I go any further, it's behind my eyes and I can't see it. And then I put on the uh, the Vision Pro. I see almost the same. Mm-hmm. It's not quite the same 180 degree or actually I think the human eye sees a little beyond 180 degrees because your eyeball sticks out slightly and so it can see actually a little bit behind you. Uh, okay. But uh, so, so it's very, very similar. It has a very, very natural feel in that sense. It, it's it's as immersive as you can get, just about. That's what we're it, saying. Exactly. I mean, like I said, the 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 when when I got the opportunity, I mean, I saw the video. I kind of walked through looking at the screens, and and I was pretty impressed with it at that point. When they then showed you the demo of the immersive video, after warning you that it, you know you're going to get a sense of motion sickness, and if you're afraid of being underwater and stuff, you may react to this. Then you know I they showed me the immersive video, and it was astounding. You know, now, that, I mean, like when they showed Elisa Keys and her band in a studio, I not only looked at her in the eye, but then I also looked down and saw her feet. I looked up and saw the ceiling of the studio they were in. You know, I could see clearly the people uh, in her band standing behind her in the room. It really, really, really tricked your mind into feeling like you were standing in a room right there in a studio with them. Yeah, it's like you for for. Uh Sports, you, like you're at the football stadium, right? You right. Probably still be able to see the crowd around the stadium. Right. On the one side of the line. demos that one of the demos was you were standing just to the side of a goal during a soccer game, and a guy huh. came driving down and took a shot on goal, and the goalie leapt up, and and it, it felt like I was standing on the sideline. Of course, you're not allowed to during a game stand behind the goal, but it it that's what it felt like, like I was standing behind the goal. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I have stood behind a goal during a soccer game, and I know what that feels like. <laughs> and that was impressive. That was really impressive. Um, now, I, the question I guess I have is when they start 
you know, putting movies on. This is such a neat mode. Will you watch all your movies in the future in an immersive fashion, or will that not be appropriate? I think that it will be very appropriate for certain movies, and I suspect that, um, you know, there will be uh, parts films. of the movie. There will be well, there will be filmmakers who choose to make their films in that mode, and there'll be those that don't. Just like there are filmmakers that make things in IMAX mode, and there's that that don't. You know, yeah. that you know, if if you as a filmmaker, if you feel like you really want the traditional, you know, rectangle palette to work within, then you can, by all means, continue to do that. Um, I think also what you're going to find is for for directors, writers, and cinematographers in particular, um, there's going to be a challenge to making it work somewhat differently, you know? Yep. And quite frankly... You know, they're showing 180 degrees. There's absolutely no reason that you couldn't do it in 360. You would just need 280-degree rigs back-to-back, right? Mm -hmm. And then there would be – you'd have to then merge the two and remove the section where the – in between where the the cinematographer sitting, right? Right. So, I mean – but the technology is there to do that. They already have 360-degree video. Um you know, and and making it 360 degree and um, um, 3D, it's mm-hmm. it's just going to be. There is no, nothing more like lifelike than that. And the quality of the images coming out of this thing already are just astounding. You know, and it's going to do nothing but get better. Yeah, it, but now you mentioned the magic words, 3D. Mm-hmm. 3D really means 3D because you actually have two distinct eye views of of this thing which right. uh brings brings me to another thing and that is you you can do videos and stuff in your uh iPhone 15 right right the iPhone 15 uh pro not right now pro. not the regular oh. but the pro allows you to shoot 3D video and uh one of the reviewers uh said there's a big distinction between the quality of what you get there and Especially for the ones where you really want to have this immersive feel around your baby or grandchild or something that you're what's going on. Right. Uh, you don't want to do that with a 15 if you've got the Pro there. Take it with the Pro. If you have the Apple Vision Pro, it is better. The videos that they showed me, they said some were shot with an iPhone 15 and some were shot with the Apple Vision Pro. And while I think a lot of people might not see or notice the difference, the, um, the, the sense of the 3D was significantly better when shot with the Apple Vision Pro. Also, the Apple Vision Pro can shoot it all in 4K, whereas the, um, the iPhone 15 shoots the 3D video in 1080p. So it's a lower video quality, but because the two cameras are not as far apart, the sense of of 3D-ness is more shallow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel as realistic. The because Apple, of this, do you do you have any feelings about whether the follow-on cameras will have a uh, a lens uh, eye width apart so that you can take them make them better for the? Uh, I suspect that Apple will either uh, find ways through software to make that video even better. And they will certainly support the full 4K video capability. Uh, in fact, probably 8K. They're probably going to be able to shoot 4K through each camera at some point simultaneously to give you an 8K image mm-hmm. um, on the phone. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that they will make better and better adjustments via software to give you that sense of 3D so that it matches the Apple Vision Pro. Whether or not they eventually spread the cameras further apart on the phone or not, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the physics say that's the better way to do it. That doesn't mean that they can't get satisfactory results by by doing it artificially. For software. Yeah. It's just this is their first run at doing it. And and so I don't think it's as good. And clearly, like I said, shooting 1080p instead of uh, 4K video also will affect yeah. just yeah. the sense of reality that you're when you're looking at it. It still looks really good. And sure. to be honest, I think that a lot of people watching the demo wouldn't have been able to tell the difference between one and the other. Uh, you know, my background in photography, uh, I was looking for it. You know, I was looking to see what was the differences. A lot of people would have not even noticed. But the uh, so so the the difference in quality wasn't so shocking that that everybody would go, oh, this looks terrible. You know, it wasn't that. <laughs> and so I would say to anybody who has children who who are young and you want to save an event or something, shoot some of it in that uh, 3D video right now, because that's the way you're going to watch it in yeah. the coming years. And right. and and just plain old 2D video is going to look flat and weird, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think in pretty short order, won't take long. There, some people are saying about two years. Yeah. Uh, we'll have uh, most people will want one of these things. Yeah. I mean, because the, because of the pricing difference, as time goes on. <coughs> right. And well, it, that actually brings us to quality. the next article, which is the Apple Vision Pro is not meant for the average consumer. Yes. I would add to that yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, because and that's the sense that I got. You know, it was like this was absolutely stunning. I really, really enjoyed the demo. I would love to take one of these home. I'm not spending thirty five hundred dollars on it. Yep. Well, they were also trying to uh, just cover their developers. Oh, sure. Initially. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, they want to be sh- and and they know that if you're going to make a buck off of them, they're going to make a buck off you. Yeah. Well, and I suspect, too, that, you know, there's been lots and lots of stuff about the production on these things and how many they could make. And so they set a price high enough to, you know, limit purchases so that they could keep up with demand. You yeah. know, and and as the production line improves and they can make more and more of these, then then they can bring the price down and they'll come out with a, you know, maybe a non-pro uh, version of the Apple Vision, right? It'll just be the Apple Vision or like we were saying earlier, maybe the Apple Vision Air because it's so light on your face. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, they've got a, a bucket full of different sort of standardized naming practices that they can use to get this to where they want it to be and get the, you know, the key functionality to people at lower price points and, and you know, but that doesn't make sense to come out with the cheap one first, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. you know, here's the, here's the one that the deluxe model that does everything. <laughs> by, by the way, uh, one of the articles there, there, there are the, um, CEOs like, uh, Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. you know, basically out there trying to be critical, but the fundamental criticism he had was just the price. Yeah, because a lot of people are very happy with his device because I think it's 1080p, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, and uh, yeah, uh, and it does, and and uh, it has a substantial part of the functionality. Yeah, but 
Yeah, but Zuck- made- Zuckerberg tried the Apple Vision Pro, and his quote was that the MetaQuest 3, which is his company's product, is the best product, period. That was his yeah. his statement. But And, and that's, that's because of the price. Yeah, but if you parse it, you know, he says, period, which means that if period. they were both free, yeah. he would still pick his product, which I think is baloney. Uh, that it is a pricing thing. That's the major differentiator in his mind. I suspect, and I have not used in Meta, uh, uh, um, the, the MetaQuest 3, so I, I, this is just me hypothesizing. But based on specs alone, I would say that the MetaQuest 3 is an inferior product in tech, technology-wise, but I would say that it's probably a superior product because uh, in terms of... Um, uh, you know, things to do with it. It was designed primarily as a gaming platform and it is a, an older and more developed. I mean, this is their third version of it that they've been selling, you know, to the public. And, and so, you know, the quest is going to be a better product for people who want to do gaming type of things. But also the, the quest three is essentially a, well, not essentially is designed to be a virtual reality device. The, uh, Vision Pro is designed to be an augmented reality device that allows you to do virtual reality. You right. know, so it's, it's, they're different. It's like saying, well, you know, my sandal is a better sandal than your shoe. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not right. arguing with you there. Duh. But the shoe costs more, you know, but the shoe also, you know, allows me to do things that I wouldn't do in the sandal. Right. So. Yep. But uh, anyway, uh, <coughs> moving on from the Vision Pro, if you, unless you've got more you want to say about it, I was going to say that the uh, attention now, at least in Apple, has has changed focus to where the especially stockholders are anxious to see what Apple is going to do in the AI world, mm-hmm. and it now has become pretty evident that in the the, the June. Uh, meeting, I forgot what they call that now. The, oh, uh, their, their, uh, their financial developers. statement. Oh, you mean the, the, no. the, oh, the Worldwide Developers Conference. Yeah. WWDC. Yeah, that, that's sometime in June, usually. Right. Yeah. And they, at that time, they're really now expecting that to be the grand, uh, uh introduction of Apple's AI or substantial parts of it. Right. I don't think Apple is going to have a product or even a piece of software they're going to call AI. They're no, going to use no. their AI engine to enhance things like Siri, like searches, uh, like finding yeah. the music that you want within their music app. I think well, th- they see that as a feature that will lay into lots of products. It's, it's the next OS. And, in fact, I just read an article today that says that uh, – the uh, uh, iOS for the phone and the iPad are going to see substantial changes based on the uh, uh, Vision Pro mm-hmm. as a result of the Vision Pro development. So that'll be interesting. It didn't get to specifics as to what those things really were, right? But uh, but uh, you know the, they basically were working from the same code base because the iOS or the Vision Pro has basically a an iOS type of app operating system in it. That's why it can run out a lot of iPad apps, you know. Mm-hmm. And long term, people are now saying bluntly that 
it's the replacement for the iPad if the iPad ever really goes away. Uh, they'll make it as long as somebody wants it. But, uh, you know, if, if the attributes of the Vision Pro, right. especially the, the weight of it, uh, which yeah. they could do just by using plastics, you know, if they yeah. wanted to. Yeah, drop the weight and increase the battery life, all of which are things that happen over just the course of, of maturing an electronic device in its, you know, in its lifetime. So subsequent right. versions, you, I, I will bet, you know, if you look at anything Apple has ever made, it gets lighter, more powerful, and has better battery life over time. And so, you know, I don't think it's a stretch to expect that the Vision Pro will be lighter, <laughs> be more powerful, and have better battery life in each subsequent version. Yep. yep. And, that's, you know, I think that's absolutely expected. And, uh, and, and, and I agree. I mean, I, I think one of the first times, uh, I talked about it after going to the demo was, you know, this to me, in fact, I, that's why I wanted you to go see the demo because you're a big iPad user. And I think you would also see this as the ultimate iPad. You know, it does yeah. everything that the iPad does. And it's a, it's a, a, a the consummate, uh, uh, information input device or taking not input but uh cons- consumption device you know whether yeah. it be uh videos um uh in fact i think it's probably better for videos than reading but it's very easy and very legible to put things up on the screen and read them and if you want it bigger you can make it bigger or closer you can make it closer and and you know right. within the the scope of things it's it's everything the ipad is uh you know and more, but it, it, it doesn't travel right now. I mean, it's just, it's clunky to move around and travel with it. You know, it's not going to be as easy to move as taking an iPad and sticking it in the, in a, in a backpack or in a carry on and going on a trip, yeah. you know? Yes. Speaking of that, this morning I watched a video of a guy who, uh, put on the, uh, pro for, uh, let's see. Uh, he even slept with it, by the way. <laughs> wow. And he, 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 I think it was 50 hours or something like that. So a long time anyway. And I didn't get through the whole thing. But it was interesting to seeing him going out in public and walking around the uh, streets, uh, the sidewalk and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and with it on, he would bang into boxes or something on mm-hmm. right and left because he didn't have that peripheral vision. You yeah, know, not as much. It's, so. it's like I said, it's close, but it's not exactly the same. As what you can see without them. Yeah, well, and Apple specifically says it's, this device is designed for to use in, in a stationary place. It's not, it's not like. To walk um, around it. Yeah, they're not designed and, and they don't have like a, a map overlay to have you follow the, you know, follow the yellow line on the ground to get to where you have to get. They're not there yet. Um, yeah. I can see, and I think everybody sees that as a possible future for something like this, but it's not there yet. Yeah, in fact, that's dangerous that the guy was out walking around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I anyway, would be worried he, that I he, would stumble and crash and break my $3,500 toy. Yeah, he, he, he knew he looked like a dork, so he would say to somebody on the way in, he says, I apologize for looking like a dork, you know. Yeah, yeah. very sorry. Was- <laughs> I am a dork. <laughs> you don't look like a dork. You are a dork if you're walking out in that's public right. with, with those goggles on. You yeah, know? he was. Yeah, he, he was a, a really young guy, so he was just having a good time. Yeah. But he found a lot of things that, uh, you know, sort of created some problems, but he also did some good 
uh, advertising for at least the taxi mm-hmm. company. It wasn't the ones you generally hear from, and I, mm-hmm. I just don't remember the name now. But he kept taking those things to get around from one place to another mm-hmm. instead, instead of a public conveyance. But you mean still, like the Uber uh, or the Lyft? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like them, but it was a different mm-hmm. company. But anyway, yeah. If you see it on YouTube, if you look around there, you might want to watch it. Except that it's gonna—it's about an hour long, you know. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of stuff that you, you wouldn't care about, but he did—he did discover some some things that uh, I hadn't expected either. That uh, you know that mm-hmm. uh, you, you put up with. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's see. Where do we go from here? Well, I mean, you said we were going to done kind of done talking about the Apple Vision Pro, but then we came back to it. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, Apple has announced for Apple TV a multi-view feature. So if you're watching baseball games uh, in, a, in a coordination with MLB TV, uh, you'll be able to watch four games at once up on the screen if you're streaming it through your Apple device. So. Uh, for those of you who feel like baseball is kind of slow TV game, you can put up multiple games so you can, you know, watch a catcher and a pitcher play catch and nothing else happen on four different stations, four different games at once. I um, can do that on my TV, by the way. Yeah. Uh, a lot of TVs allow you to switch. put multiple, you know, picture in picture or multiple things. My, um, uh, I get my television, my over the air television stuff through direct TV and, they always have like a sports channel that gives you six different things that you can bounce around between. And then if you click on any one of them, it'll then take you directly to that, that particular game. Uh, they yeah. do the same thing with a news channel. They have like a news mix channel where you can go and, and flip back and forth between different news channels, which is kind of fun, like on election nights and things, you know, cause you can see what, what are they saying on ABC? What are they saying on Fox? What are they saying on CBS? You know, you can bounce back and forth between them and, uh, yeah. and see what's going on. One of the articles also says a guy uh, tried to make it a multi-user thing, you know, vision pro and let his family look at things. Oh, but yeah. there's, there's at least one adjustment that it didn't save for each individual, so it clearly wasn't built to be used that way. But it sounds like, from his experience, that it probably could be, if you know, if Apple didn't want to try to sell you more. Right. But- well, and there is a guest <laughs> mode that you can put it in for them to use. But if you've if you've snapped in uh, eyewear correction lenses, then you've got to take those back out for each individual, and right. your face is scanned for a. For its profile for the uh, light shield. And, yeah. you know, I mean, if you're related, you might have similar uh, face shapes. But, you know, spouses are generally not related before they got married. And uh, <laughs> and so their faces are not necessarily the, of the same shape. So, yeah, it's, right. it's you know, Apple's always pushed the idea that uh, iPhones and iPads are personal devices. Whereas a computer could be, you know, have multiple logins and they've supported that from the get go on computers. Seems like the Vision Pro, for lots of reasons, takes that even a step further. You know, it's very yeah. much a personal device. Yeah, I you was know. surprised to even find an article that somebody would try to do that. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But, but it, it's a learning experience, you know, when you 
sort of figure out what you can mm-hmm. or can't do. Well, and I think you would want to put it into that like guest mode. And even though it maybe doesn't fit the face perfectly, you know, it's a great way if you know somebody who has one to see what it's really all about, to play with a little bit, to watch a video, you know, to watch part of a movie or to see that, you know, that, that immersive video, that demo video that I was talking about. It's really, really hard to explain it sufficiently. To, yeah. You know, it was such a, a physical, visceral, visceral thing to experience. It's hard to, to properly explain how astoundingly good that is. That, yeah. You know, did, did you go through the guided tour video? Um, I watched it, but like I said, I actually, you know, I got the actual guided tour in the store with the Vision Pro on my face. So. Right. So that, I was I was going to say that's very well done so that I got a much better feel for the things that you had told me just by watching this. Right. And it does it as well as a flat non-Vision Pro device can. It gives you the, a feel for what the whole process is. And that's better than trying to explain it because you can see it. You know, it, yeah. it, it's it's not the same as seeing it with a Vision Pro, but but that video does as good a job as, as you can do with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I still urge anybody who has an Apple store near them to to make an appointment, make a sales appointment and go get that that uh, you know, 25 30 minute demo. It's it's just so worth it. Even if you have no intention of buying it, um, you know, you should at least see what it's all about. Yeah, cuz it's just it's an impressive impressive technology. Um, you know, and beyond just sitting and watching really really cool videos and stuff, I think we still don't know what is going to be the 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 driving force behind the success of this thing. I mean, it clearly is going to be really good for watching video. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But but I just don't know what the you know, what is that killer app? What is that thing that every once you everybody has one they're going to like go, "Oh, now I can do insert whatever that is better than I could ever do before. Or I just couldn't do this with a computer or with an iPad or with a phone, but now I can do this. And, you know, and, and things like overlaying what you're seeing with your eyes with, with, um, augmented reality, I think has lots and lots of really cool, um, applications that they haven't even begun to scratch the surface of. You know, I mean, what they, they've talked about the use of the um, Vision Pro as a um, in, in a work environment. And I can see maybe not this version of it, but later versions of it, you know, helping you find things stored in locations because it knows where they are. And so when you put the goggles on and look, it just highlights it. So you don't have to go looking for it. It's right here. You know, did I lose you? I hear you not. Yep, he's gone. Anyway, I kept talking. We'll see if he calls back. But the Apple Vision Pro, I think there's just a lot of of unknowns out there about it that we have yet to see. And uh and I think that, you know, that remains to be seen how how it's going to be used primarily. And it may just be watching videos and movies, but I think there's a a good chance that it's going to be uh you know, something that we didn't anticipate that there's going to be a lot other things that we just don't know about. So we'll see.
Well, shoot. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. We had a dropout, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to get rid of the big gap that happened in there before I hit the pause button. Um, so, killer app. You know, I mean, right now well, I'd have to say it's going to be watching cool videos. Yeah. You know, like uh, when computers first, home computers first came out, the killer app was was the spreadsheet. That was a new format thing yeah. that was suddenly invented and right. sold computers like crazy. To it business. really did, yeah. And when we first made home computers, we didn't know what it was going to be. You know, word processing no. was pretty big, too. You know, because yeah. suddenly everybody could have a word processor instead of a typewriter, right? So, so right. you know, I, I, I was the one kind of going into college about that time. And I remember, you know, writing papers suddenly became a very different experience because you didn't, I I would literally hand write papers my you know early in college, and then have somebody else type it for me. Somebody who was a good typist, uh-huh. and uh, and that ended pretty darn quick because you know I had a computer I could type it in, and I got to be a reasonably good typist, but lots of errors, and you know with spell check and stuff you got it fixed pretty quick and easy, and then you could format it exactly how you want it and then hit print. And, uh, you know, we take that for granted today. In fact, today, we've even gone beyond that because most of the time you don't hit print. You save the file and then send it off to your, your instructor. Right. You know? <laughs> That's true. You know? Or, or <clears throat> th- you know, you do it in, like, uh, Google Docs and you just share it with them. Right. So you don't even have to send it. It's just a shared shared virtual document. It's amazing how the world has changed since the personal computer is coming out. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was, you know, that time again, what, like the, another big technological innovation was the Internet, right? And when the right. Internet first was hitting, it was like, well, we can send messages to each other. Right. But what's what's it going to be, you know? And then HTML kind of turned it into, oh, you can have these very, very rich documents with rich hyperlinks. format. <laughs> yeah, you know, rich text and hyperlinks. Hyperlinks was yeah. a big thing, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, on the Macs, uh, I was, that was sort of before I was involved with the Macs a lot, but, um, but I mean, I was aware of them and had actually had access to one and, and they had a hypercard, which was a, uh, basically a way to create a stack of, uh, linked documents or linked pages on the device. Mm-hmm. But when you could take those and put them out onto the internet with HTML, uh, you know, the world changed pretty significantly as a result of the internet. Um, you know, and so this new format, this new thing that Apple is calling Apple vision pro, which again is different than other, you know, vision 3d type of things out there. Um, you know, in that it's an, it's an, uh, a full environment. It's, it's going to change the computer mostly to an entertainment device. I think, I mean, it's, I think we'll still maintain uh, other computers just because people can probably type faster than they can't 
you know, yeah. in, in any other way to create, and, you, and text is going to be around. Yeah. You know, well, no matter funny. what you do. You know, it's, it's, uh, Steve Jobs, I think, once famously said that, you know, that, that computers are trucks. And that, like, iPhones and iPads are cars. I think it's more like computers are trucks and cars, depending on which kind of computer it is. And iPads and iPhones are like motorcycles because they're individual user devices, one mm-hmm. person. And I see the Vision Pro doing that. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the Vision Pro is going to slot somewhere in between the iPad and the television set. I and, think it, yeah. As a possible replacement for both. Uh the 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 main thing is that uh, people you you share a television set usually with other people. Although right. there's lots well, we, and lots of people who watch it by themselves. I was going to say we do today, but there's a whole generation of people who who when they want to watch a show, they call it up on their laptop or on their on their uh, iPad. Yep, that's and that's true. how they watch it. My daughters watch most of their TV that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, and they both have televisions with Apple TVs attached to them. But one of them only got her Apple TV even hooked up, like in November, when I was visiting. <laughs> you know, she'd been watching stuff on her on her iPad and on her laptop because that's just, that worked for her. Now she's got a, a bigger screen, right? And and this allows you to get the biggest screen of all, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, super high quality vision and uh, and sound and 3D. Right. Don't forget that. That's a that's going and, to become yeah. a bigger player. It really will be. You know, it's funny because 3D TVs were a thing for about a hot second. You know, we both had one, and yeah. and I have some some I bought some um, some Blu-ray discs that are movies in 3D specifically to watch on that television set, and yeah. uh, you know, and it and it was cool, and I like to do it every once in a while, but mm-hmm. it just never really clicked in a big oh. way. But we because still live in a 3D world, isn't that right? Well, and, and it was because the 3D was it was a hassle. You had to get mm-hmm. the, the get the 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 glasses on for everybody to watch it in 3D, you know. And it was still just a a square floating in space, right? That was 3D. Yep. Um, and I, I, the Apple Vision Pro <clears throat> allows it to be much much more. Less than two years ago, I got rid of my three, the, the 3D TV that I had. Mm-hmm. And I got rid of it for a much improved quality uh, right. set. Yeah, but much just, higher quality television set. Um, yeah. But but on the newer set, they don't even they don't even pretend to support 3D. Right, and they could. There's nothing stopping them from doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're they none of them going to compete with the with the. Yeah, the, quali- Pro, yeah. the quality of the 3D that you're going to get from individual screens in front of your eyeballs is just not going to be matched by anything sitting up on the wall. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's just physics. Yep. And so no way around it. But um, it's it's cool, cool stuff. Cool, cool stuff. Like I said, if it wasn't $3,500, I'd probably have one right now. But that was enough to keep me from doing it. Well, I'll have to go do that demo. I just have been really, really busy with a lot of things now. But the, yeah. benefit, the, the it's suddenly changed. That we went to our last basketball games last weekend for mm-hmm. the boys, so that gives me a, some time yeah. there. And that usually works out to be three or four hours. By the time you go to the game, yeah. and get home, and all this. Now is this a different yeah. season? Because when I was in there, in, there in November, they were having championship games, and then they started up again. I think they went through three seasons with different clubs and different groups. Uh huh. 
It's just, you know, she wanted to keep the boys busy and they enjoy right. it, you know. Yeah. Now, Levi's decided he's going to play soccer. He did. He's, uh, he's still not big enough for basketball. Yeah. See, and I was uh, just going to say that uh, the the other advantage of basketball in a, in a location that has seasons is it's an indoor sport, right? Yeah, yeah. except that one of the gyms that they play in uh-huh. is the absolute worst gym I've ever seen. <laughs> and the, re- the reason is, is starting sometime in the middle afternoon, is the sunlight comes around and, and gets through these windows that are way up high in the gym, but it gets yeah. down low enough that it's in the eyes of the ballplayers. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, the, that's that's just unacceptably bad design. <laughs> yeah, but what do you do about it now? They, I would say, just close it off and put lights on. It, you know, yeah, we, is there a way to basketball. like put curtains across it or something? Almost what you'd have to do. Right, but that's doable at least. And we played our basketball games always at night anyway. Just yeah. Had, Lighting, and I'm sure mm-hmm. there's enough lighting in there so they can play at night too. No, there has to be. Yeah, there so has I, to be. I, it's just terrible to schedule games during the yeah. day when that happens. I I would just call it off. It always amazes me too, you know, being an aquatics kind of guy and coaching swimming and being a swimmer, former swimmer. Um, it always surprised me when I would see pools that they're oriented badly for sun in people's faces and stuff. You know, like if you play water polo, if if one of the goals is in bright sunlight, um, that can be a huge advantage. You know, if the goalie's blinded mm-hmm. by the sun, sure, absolutely. Um, and and if in high school games start after school, so you know those in the know would always pick put the you know pick the side that your your face is not going to be in the blinding sun as the sun went down. And yeah. then maybe when you switch sides at halftime, now the sun's behind the building, and you're you know you've had a huge advantage for half a game. Yep. I when I bought this house, I was thought I was being smart by having the home face east. Well, mm-hmm. we got one big pain, the TV, where the TV room sits, <clears throat> that has that. the sun coming through, and I can block the lower part, but then I've got some lights up above right. I can't block. That comes and, in, in the, uh, the the sun sets in the west, and that's when it's coming yeah. in in the evening, right? When you're sitting there watching right. television, right? Yeah. Now, it's worse a certain part of the year, you know? Uh, and, in fact, the summer isn't as bad as the winter. Yeah. And I, anyway, I cut a couple pieces of cardboard that I put up there. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So I'll get rid of it, you know. Yeah, but, but it's one of those things you're like, huh, didn't didn't think about that one, right? Well, I did. I thought about it and thought I had and and, and that's part of it. I didn't think Well, that's what I'm the saying. Story. You thought you thought about the 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 direction the, the direction in in the morning, but you didn't think about the fact that the afternoons could be Well, I thought that I was covered because I have a large uh, forest behind me. And I thought thought that the trees were close enough that I would benefit from them. Well, I do early in the evening. I mean, I I benefit at least an hour and a half to two hours before the sun sets. Okay. But still, there's a period of time there, an hour or two, that comes in. Yeah, the sun has a clear shot right in your windows. Yep. Yep. I've been sitting there when the sun comes in those windows. <laughs> yeah. Although you did it, put in your patio cover. So if you extend that out, it, it deals that's, with most of the problem. That's what I've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have to go clear out and I can still, uh, yeah. help the room a lot. Yeah. So anyway, it's not yeah. as bad for, as it used for to For those be. listening, we're talking about he has a powered patio cover. So it rolls up when he's not using it, but he can extend it out when he wants to go out there and sit with the, with the shade out. And that yep. blocks that, that sun coming in during the day um, if he just extends it out, which is handy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Super handy. Yeah. So. 
Anyway, uh, so what can you connect to the iPhone 15 with a USB-C cord or with USB-C? Well, you can ex- well, you can attach a USB-C cable. <laughs> yeah, but they were basically contrasting what you had before with the lightning. Right. Plug. Yeah. What and advantages did we pick up with the USB-C? Right. You yeah. can plug you can plug a printer in there. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I have never done with my iPad, but right. I, I do have an iPad that has that kind of plug on now. I just hadn't tried it. Yeah. But until I messed up the whole connection there, <clears throat> I used to have uh, the uh, uh, wireless. What's it called? There's, uh, there's an Apple name for the type of wireless printer that you can hook to. But anyway, I'm, it- I'm got. I'm going to work on that when I'm through with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and they need to specify here, too, that the iPhone 15 has a USB-C port. The iPhone 15 Pro has a USB-C port that supports USB 4 and Thunderbolt. So the, mm. the Pro supports substantially higher <clears throat> speeds over that port than does the non-Pro. But both of them have a USB-C connector, which allows you to... uh Move data much more quickly. If you're shooting high, high, uh, high density video using your iPhone, you can actually attach a um, an external solid state hard drive to your phone and shoot video directly to the hard drive, and so oh. you don't fill up your phone with it. And because the Pro version supports speeds up to Thunderbolt speeds. Um, it can stream that video live with no problem, which is pretty amazing. Um, uh, the printer is pretty cool. I uh, didn't know about being able to physically print with it. Um, you can also use your iPhone as a battery to charge other devices. So if you've got a, um, uh, you know, AirPods that need to be charged, right. you can you can charge them from the battery in the phone if you want to. By the way, did you happen to see just yesterday news came out that Apple has adjusted their prediction for the uh, lifetime of the battery in the iPhone 15? Originally, it was the same as all previous phones, which was 500 charges and discharges before you would see any degradation in the battery. Yeah. Upon testing of iPhone 15s now that have been coming off the production line, they have doubled that to say the iPhone 15 will support a 1,000 charges and recharges. That's due to updates oh. in the software, the battery chemistry and stuff that they put into the iPhone 15s. It's just they, they knew it met the standard that they had previously put out. But now having tested some of them, uh, you know, had them long enough in the field, they're saying, nope, these actually are significantly better batteries. But they didn't want to brag about it till they had, you know, documented the fact that it really worked. So, yeah. so that yeah. came out yesterday. <clears throat> well, anyway, uh, uh, since you mentioned battery, I'm going back to one that I sent you some time ago, up a little higher. It says 391 watt-hour per kilogram and 1 million mile life. Now we're talking car batteries. Right. And but we're talking really, uh, really good batteries. <laughs> absolutely. And, and they're production ready. Okay? That was the key term that I saw there is they say... They are production ready, meaning that there's lots of really, really cool battery technologies that are out there, Mm -hmm. but they're working in the labs. They haven't found a way to produce them at volume and make them functional for commercial use. Yeah. 
Well, well, the guy that did this story, uh, I I really uh, trust him. I mm-hmm. think he's quite quite. I've been watching him for a long time now, and uh, he uh, pr- just prior to that, I sent one to you and said the fake news boiled my blood, and <clears throat> had to do with Japanese automakers having record profits to fund huge transitions to EVs, <clears throat> and he jumped all over that. And it occurred to me that I we just when we ended our show last time we were talking about well what news can you trust anymore you know right and and I and it's just increasing at a high pace I think we're above fifty percent of the articles now that have some uh, some strong untruths in them uh, because people have learned that they can get steal your you know get your eyes with a good headline yeah. And then you look at it and you say, this is baloney, you know? Well, having worked in the publishing industry for a lot of years, something that most people don't realize is the person who writes the story usually has nothing to do with the headline. That there's a separate editor who does nothing but write headlines. And their job is to write a headline that will get you to start reading the story. Mm -hmm. It is the writer's job to start the story with the first two or three lines that will get you to continue reading. So that they can hold your attention. Yeah. So the headline sometimes, is, I mean, it's done by somebody totally different. The headline, very often, they'll read the, who's writing it. They'll read the first few lines and then from that determine what the headline is going to be. They don't even read the whole story. Sure. So, so that's why you often have a disconnect between what the headline says and what the story is really about. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now that's lazy work. They should read the whole story before they write the headline. But very often they don't or they're pressed for time. And then the last thing I'll say about this is... We're seeing more and more articles that are getting published on websites that weren't written by a person at all. They were written by an AI. Somebody just said, here's, I, I want a, a, an article written about, and then they give them a topic. And the mm-hmm. AI writes the article, and then they publish it. Well, and there's these not guys, editing like there used to be. Yeah, these guys that have these continuous uh, publications are generally uh, pretty bright and honest. Uh, For sure, you can you can find certain guys, and I, I don't know this guy's name, but I recognize him every time I see him, and and usually watch him. And there's another guy on cars as well. He's a general a guy that uh, has been around the automotive industry for years, and he but he does a good uh, uh, articles because he can compare EVs and stuff with uh, the the uh, internal combustion engine, which is what he grew up with and knows a lot about, and what you know. You can and can't do. So anyway, I like those kinds of people that, you know, generally senior people that they've been they've been around the block, you know. Right. Yeah. No. And and you you always can find those who who you know and trust. Right. Yeah. Uh, the ones that I despise are people who take uh, guys who are really good speakers, like Tucker Carlson. He draws an audience. Well, now, today, there, there's a lot of articles that if you just look at the headline and you click on it, you didn't see who, who was actually publishing it. It would be somebody you don't even know, and he's basically commenting on what the other guy says, and then he plays a little bit of his talk, and then you, you know, and so he's getting eyeballs by having Tucker Carlson mentioned in the title. And stuff like that. And it's not just Tucker, but there's a lot well, of other but there's people. also a lot of people by mentioning, just mentioning his name will immediately shut it down and shut say, he, right. he's an idiot. I don't want anything to do with him. You know? Yeah. And so you, you play that game 
some people attract certain audiences and, and adamantly turn off other audiences. And, you know, sure. it's yeah, it, the politics of it. Yeah. The politics, the opinion, you know, opinionated people tend to polarize. Yeah. And the know. other, the other one that draws eyeballs a lot is Elon Musk. So everybody's mm-hmm. writing about Elon. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy who's incredibly, um, uh, opinionated about things. One in yeah. the tech world that I tend to listen to a lot is, is, or not listen to a lot, but I mean, I tend to to trust with what he is saying very often is John Gruber. Um, oh yeah, you know Gruber. he he will say if if he says it, you know he he believes what it is he's saying. He may you know may be mistaken at times, but for the most part, mm-hmm. it, he's he's pretty good about about you know not saying it unless there's evidence behind it by the way he shares photos on on the glass app which i am a member of and enjoy he just posted one the other day of a box of canola oil sitting amongst some refuse and on the box it says fry and fry and his comment was you can do two things with this oil (laughs) which i thought was cute (laughs) fry and fry was the brand and uh-huh. then it shows a little guy with like a, a chef's hat on in front of a brick oven. And below it, it says heavy duty canola liquid frying oil. And uh-huh. my comment, I said, LOL, or this being heavy duty, you can do one thing twice <laughs> since yeah. it's fry and fry. And then somebody else commented, and you have until the end of January next year to get those things done because uh-huh. it did have an expiration date on the box. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting photo, but it was. Yeah, I just thought his commentary was cute. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, there's another one that I put in for just because of the, the guy who said this, uh, the, the one that's it's titled The Tide Has Turned on Net Zero. And mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the guy, there, there are pictures of two guys on there, and the guy on the left is LaFrange, and he was uh, in the uh, upper re- realms of government, not the prime minister or anything like that, but in France. He's really uh, at the at the top where he knows what's going on over there. And he's talked, this, this whole article has to do with the fact that Europe realized that they were, went way too far down the rabbit hole of net zero. It's just not going to happen. And it can't happen because, you know, mostly the emphasis has been just on the tra- transportation uh, uses of energy and not on, on millions of other things like asphalt for highways. you got to have oil to do that. Right. You know that every plastic that you thing that you have is a, it's all over the place. That's all yeah. made from oil. Right. You know? well, and uh, yes, there are some plastics made from corn oil. We get it, but the vast yeah. majority is oil mined out of the ground. Right. Right. And and so it just goes on and on. The list is like almost everything is touched by oil. Right. Well, so, and that the, we play all these silly games with you know, like I think we had this conversation when Apple announced that they had a, a, a net zero watch. Right. You, if you buy if you buy a new Apple Watch with one of the, a certain one of the bands, then it's, right. it has zero impact. And and you know you go like, well, that's crap. Running the watch. First of all, the watch has lithium batteries in it that that you know are. are the mining to create those things create tremendous amount of of uh, pollution and destruction to the planet just to get the lithium out of the ground. And then you're yeah. carrying it around on your wristwatch the entire time. And while you're using it, you know, you're using services that attach to servers that are using energy. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's the, so, you know, a lot of stuff's not accounted for when so they anyway, say net zero. A lot of this fanaticism that's been going on is now the truth is about it is 
uh, getting turned around. And mm-hmm. it was really unfortunate some of the mistakes that were made, particularly uh, in, in Europe, because they were really early adopters, more so yeah. than this country. Uh, and, and so they're really suffering from it. Yeah. The, the biggest thing in Europe that was, has been affected by this whole uh, climate change thing has been manufacturing uh, has come to a standstill. They almost can't manufacture cars anymore. Yeah. So they've, they've had to go outside of their country. Europe, Germany has got some plants they've built in other countries just, right. to, just in order to try to stay alive, you know? Yeah. So, there was some question, I don't know if it was in this article or what, that really did, didn't look like BMW was going to make it, and, and maybe uh, Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes well, realize that virtually all of the BMWs Mercedes sold in the United States are made in the United States now. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, these companies, and for years, even back to the days of the Beetle, VW was making cars not only in the U.S., but in Brazil. They continued yeah. to make the Beetle in Brazil for 20 years after they'd quit making it in Europe. So, um, so, you know, I mean, all of these big companies are globalized now. And so if one region through legislation or, or, you know, instability or whatever has, uh, issues, they just move their production elsewhere. You know, that's why everybody is working to create production capabilities in places other than China, because they believe that that political situation may become untenable at some point. That, you know. that is such a big thing, and we are so wrapped up in China. You know, everybody believed that if, if uh, China and Russia, too, really get involved in the uh, capitalist system, that that will kind of bring them around as a political state. And mm-hmm. it, it didn't, didn't turn out that way. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of the whole idea of engage, right? Was, uh, yeah. to, to the, the Chinese and the, and the Russians were never particularly friendly towards each other. So we would sort of play them against each other while we get them more and more entangled in our economy. And that that would then force them into being a more free and open society. And yeah. thus far, they've found a way to be involved in our economy, economy while maintaining their, their political systems. So. Yeah, you know, kind of backfired a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, how how you deploy and use technology uh, can have a, a big effect, though, mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, the the, th- the other thing I wanted to say while I was on this topic of China is that uh, we've been arresting people right and left that have been stealing, uh, doing espionage in this country. Uh, Twenty five uh, guys in the last year. From China, and they they all bail and and sneak out of the country after they've co- confiscated uh, and tr- you know transmitted the the goods that they got, and mm-hmm. some of them escaped and some of them didn't. There's a couple kind of high profile ones in the news now, and I don't I don't remember the names, but yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, and a, and a lot that, of it's industrial espionage. So yeah, you know, it's well, not and, like and at the same time, by the way. Uh, there were 400 Chinese came across the border, I think it was in uh, Arizona, within the past week. Just a, a massive bunch of them when, when they found it difficult to get through to Texas. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they, they don't want to travel all that. It's further to get over to Texas because they're coming in from the West Coast. And uh, presumably some of them coming in California that way, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
anyway, that's that's a big deal. You know, when we know we're we've got a real problem with the Chinese stealing stuff, <laughs> and uh, now. Yeah. I'm not saying these are the same people. That, yeah, you know, I mean, these also could be people who are trying people. to, 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 uh, you know, extract themselves from, from a very untenable political situation. So, That's you know, true. we have to vet these people carefully. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the, the nature of, of existing in a modern world is that, you know, those who, who see what we've got want it and, they don't necessarily have a um, or they have moral justification through their ideology to go take it from us, you know. And so if we want to protect uh, technological advances, then we have to be very um, intentional about doing so. Yeah. And it's getting it's getting harder and harder, particularly with this border situation yeah and the well, other with thing globalization, is it's harder and harder yeah you know it's like yeah we've got all these great technologies but a lot of the technological stuff we're building in another country it's hard not to let that other country know how it works if they're the ones building it yeah you yeah. know and anyway uh this morning news had a big article about a woman uh finding people coming uh, in through her the forest behind her house and uh, from canada Mm-hmm. You know, they, they live close to that border, and I hadn't heard any much about it, but now suddenly it's happening in, in New Hampshire and, uh-huh. and Vermont. And, All those uh, people from Canada went in, huh? Well, I don't know if they're really Canadians. <laughs> I think they're just, that's a pathway yeah. that they're getting through, you know? Yeah. But uh, this lady was pretty frightened about it because, you know, she was alone. And, right. Uh, she sees these people in the backyard, you know? Yeah, well, welcome to people living near the border in Texas, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wake yeah. up every morning and go, I don't know who those people are, but they don't look, they don't look happy, you know? Yeah. Or, or they're just, you know, they, they're hungry. They need something. Yeah. Right. You know, right. I mean, they may not be threatening at all, but there's, you know, they, they, they a lot of people coming across the border have walked a long ways. Yeah, often e- with even children. Even. Even good people can can kind of bend the the uh, their behaviors if they're really hungry or cold or whatever yeah. you know have needs. Yeah, you know it's it's I'm starving and you've got food. Help me. Right. And and if you say well no, they <laughs> people can get angry. You know. Yeah. When they're starving, people will do things to protect themselves and their family. You know, Absolutely. so, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a dense problem that you and I aren't going to solve on a podcast, but, uh, and it really doesn't yeah. have a whole lot to do with technology, but, uh, no. but nonetheless, it is an issue that, that are, people are dealing with out in the world. Yep. So, <clears throat> uh, totally unrelated. I just clicked three photos that I took recently and sent them to you. Oh, you did. Yeah, so okay. when those pop in, you can, you can see. Oh, them. okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, I see them. Looks like a nice sunset. And, uh, yeah. And, I was finishing uh, a walk the, the other. I was finishing a walk the other morning, and that was the sunset, or the other evening, as sun was going down. And I just snapped oh. that with my iPhone as I was walking up to the house. The yeah. one with the rain coming down with the light pole that was taken on the pool deck at five in the morning during swim practice. 
Well, then, I can't even fi- figure out what that one is. <laughs> yeah, it's my holding my fan, my phone pointing straight up into the rain uh, at, under wow. a light pole. Okay. And then the one of the Eiffel Tower is the picture of the uh, Eiffel Tower out in front of the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas. That was the view out my window. Yeah. I just thought it was nice, dramatic sky and the tower there, and just I, I've I've been at at the foot of the real one. We didn't go up it. But. Yeah. Well, this one's only about a third the size, I believe, so it's not yeah. nearly as big, but still, it's it's huge. So it gives you an idea of how big the real one must be. Yeah. Oh, it it was really high just to that first platform. Yeah. I mean, it was like a big, gigantic building. Anyway, yeah, I love sunsets like this. You have those in California all the time, too, even off the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, we get some pretty nice dramatic sunsets. And and as I've jokingly said on some of my photos of them in the past, you know, it's the the one time that um, the uh, smog does something nice for us. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it gives us the, a, a, a real, um, uh, real pretty sunsets. Yeah. Well, I told you, I've got trees west of my house, so I don't, I don't get uh, sunsets at all anymore. <laughs> Unless I'm out driving around and, and, and I don't want to be driving around that time of the evening because if you get aimed into a sunset, uh, which, happened not that long ago. I was making a turn, and I was just totally blinded while I was out in the middle of the intersection. The sun, I just couldn't avoid it in the turn. Uh-huh. And it was flat dangerous. Uh, I, I sort of thought about what they should have done. They they had the, the uh, traffic lights hanging on the cables across the intersection of, up above, you know. And they uh-huh. should have had, had them on a pole down low for evenings and something like that. Because they were just in an awful place. I, I really couldn't tell for sure, other than I was watching the timing of other cars moving through the intersection to be sure that I had a clear space to turn. Uh, mm-hmm. So, anyway, the other night, uh, when we last Saturday, we were ended the ball game about that time of the evening, and I told Mom, I said, hey, I know where there's a restaurant we can go wait out the sunset. <laughs> So we had, went and had dinner, and then it was nice and easy to drive home. So it's just best to avoid it. It's, it's too much of a safety hazard. Anyway, I don't think Apple's going to introduce anything that will solve that problem. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not right away. I see here uh, I was wrong. The Eiffel Tower at the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas is half the height. Half, okay. It's It's 50%. Yeah, it's about 540 feet high. And the real tower is a little over a thousand feet high, so so yeah, oh, still uh, the one that's in Vegas is pretty big, but nowhere near the size of the one sitting in Paris. Yeah, so. Kate came over last night, so we got to see her for a while. Yeah, showed showed us a lot of the pictures and stuff that she had. Talked it was good. About the, it was a good trip. It was a good trip. Yeah, yeah. So so. Um, says here, uh, I've written, it's funny, we got two different articles here. One says some Apple Vision Pro users return their devices complaining of discomfort, headache, and eye strain. And yet others have, uh, have uh, other places that's saying the thing is selling like hotcakes. 
So, yeah. So, well, you know, they'll maybe mm-hmm. there'll be some returns there too, you know? Yeah. I, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, obviously Apple's not going to talk about that. They, you know, what their return ratio is, but they have a pretty solid return policy. It's pretty much no questions asked for two weeks. So yeah. I suppose if you wanted to cough up $3,500, you could go get one and ha- have it and play with it and, you know, learn everything yeah. you want to about it. And then, you know, if you're not happy with it or it doesn't meet your needs, then, then return it. Yeah. But well, I, I, I can never bring myself to do something, not, you know, to just like check something out and then return it. It would, you know, it's like if I buy it, it's because I really want it. And if I return it, it's because it just doesn't do what I need it to do. You know, yeah, well, that's I, just have a, me. I have I have a son-in-law that leaves price tags hanging on things because he's expecting to take them back at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he's the guy who takes advantage of of gracious return policies, right? You know, yeah. and and you know that's him. That's every, you know everybody's different. That's just not not generally me. If I'm going to yeah. take something and use it, uh, you know, I know if I'm going to keep it within a, a short period of time if it's something that I want. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, by the way, they, uh, I did send you an article on capturing stormwater in Los Angeles County. Did you see that one? Yeah, it's funny. You and I have talked about that in the past, and it was actually on the news here that they that we were saying, I don't understand why they don't capture this stuff better. Well, they do. I mean, they don't get all yeah. of it because it's just they, they get overwhelmed much, yeah. when it's raining, especially in the recent times when it's been raining, you know, for days at a time. Um, yeah. But they do. They have a rainwater recapture system in the L.A. basin, and they then take that and pump it into uh, both above ground um, uh, water uh, storage facilities or into groundwater. And they pump yep. it into the groundwater and hold it in areas where they know that the groundwater settles. And yeah. so even though it doesn't occur frequently, apparently it's good. It, it, it was still cost effective. I mean, I guess that's the way you'd evaluate. Right. Building. Yeah. Setting it up didn't cost more than the, the the benefit of having it there. Right. And, uh, right. you know, you think too, Southern California is generally a desert region is, you know, do we get enough rain to justify the work of putting that together? But clearly we do because you, it's you, there. You know, I, I remember we, when we lived in California, I got a notice one time that, uh, there is a, uh, where we used to live out in the country there, apparently the groundwater mm-hmm. underneath that particular property was affected, and they had to tell residents that uh, that uh, that they were storage water storage there and that you could not dig too deep. Now, we had a well already pre-existing, mm-hmm. and that, that, that was our water supply. Right. And, uh, so were you and, get uh, gr- grandfathered in, or, or just did that particular well wasn't uh, deep enough to have caused an issue? Well, since it was already there, I didn't have to do anything, I recall, because of the way they wrote it. Mm-hmm. If we were planning on digging, then they wanted to be aware of it and, and, right. and what the depth was to be. You know? <laughs> Don't be tapping into the water on your property and then bottling it and selling it to people, right? Because this is not yeah. your water, <laughs> is what they're basically saying, is you do not have full yeah. mineral and water rights to this property. Apparently. Yeah. But but I do recall receiving it. And I thought that was kind of yeah. It, it would relate to this kind of thing, you know. Right. Well, almost due east of us is a fairly large lake that is a reservoir called Lake Matthews, and Lake Matthews is closed to public access. It's it's they you know they allow it's it's there for migratory animals, and is water storage, 
And, oh. uh, you know, and it's, it's part of the, uh, Colorado River aqueduct and there's a dam at one end and it's, yeah. and, and it's, it's water levels are really high right now. Um, but it's, you know, yeah. it's fenced off. There are some homes that kind of look up uh, on bluffs up above it that look down at the lake and they know that, you know, that there won't, there's no houses down on the lake. There's no access to the lake, um, other than through, you know, the well, forest, forestry department, so- and the water department. Since it's open to the air, it would have to have processing in order to be uh, sufficiently clean to be used anyway. Absolutely. So. Everything from, from there goes into a water treatment plant before it's used directly, yeah. you know, by or as drinking water and stuff. I right. mean, uh, you know, something we don't do a whole lot of here, we do in some of our national parks, but we don't do it a lot, is is gray water for, like, watering lawns and things like that. Because that would be, you know, it's not that it's not processed, it's just less processed, Um and, you know, a lot of places, if you go to national parks, you know, they, they have signs up saying, hey, you know, don't drink water out of the spigot because that's gray water. And it's just it's recycled water or captured rainwater unprocessed that we're using to then irrigate. Yeah. So uh, I posted something that I don't remember in posting. But it's called why companies are kicking cloud to the curb. Oh, the I remember that notice. coming up. I was curious as to what that was. And you're going to go, I don't remember now. <laughs> I forgot about no, it. No, I, I frankly don't. I'll, I'm yeah. curious. I, I suspect that uh, because it's expensive to put these things in clouds, you know, or it's more right. than just communications. Uh, by the way, and they're becoming under threat, too. <laughs> right. Some of them are. Well, and I think that's probably part of what it is. You know, I, I have a T-shirt that I like to wear every, uh, if I know I'm going to be around techie people, and it says, there is no cloud, it's just another computer. <laughs> Which is really all it is, right? So, you know, if they're yeah. saying they're they're kicking the cloud air quotes here to the curb, does that mean they're 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 kicking the the public cloud to the curb and that they're just managing their own servers? Because that makes sense and there's a lot of companies who do that anyway. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, servers so. are not not every server and not every um uh system is on the open internet. And there's nothing wrong with that. And in some places, it's it's inappropriate for it to be on the open Internet. Yeah. In fact, it makes me nervous often when I see um, things that I think probably need more security out on the open Internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what this one was about from the comments that people make, which sometimes tell the story, but I don't see anything specifically mm-hmm. here. Uh uh, anyway, I can't think of anything else to, to cover today. I think we've been on yeah quite a while now. It was eleven thirty. We came on a little something like that. Yeah, we did take long. a little break there in the middle, but I have about an hour and twenty five minutes of recording going right now. So, so why don't anyway, we, I, th- I think we've hit the end of it anyway. As I'm sitting here looking at you know satellite pictures of Lake Matthews. Uh, yeah. you know, we've gone through all of our tech <laughs> stuff. So, um, you know, and, and let's face it, a lot of it still is vision pro conversation. So it'll be really interesting to see, uh, you know, over the coming weeks, a, what happens with that? And B, is there going to be other tech stories that, w- that we're going to talk about? You know, um, yeah. oh, I know when I wanted to bring up, I read an article this week that said that the, uh, the idea that the new iPads were going to be $1,500 more is baloney. 
count on more like about a $150 bump in the price and to expect them sometime between now and June. So their first half, maybe near the end of the first quarter, which would be next month. Is this the bigger ones? No, it's just replacements for the ones that are out there. The pros was are supposed to get OLED screens instead of the uh, the LED screens that they have now, and uh, the new M3 processor, and they're going to get thinner. And I heard yeah. one rumor saying, <laughs> this is me being very wishful, one rumor saying that they were going to uh, have an uh, a Mac OS mode that you would be able to put them in. Really? And, yeah, and if that's the case, that's enough for me to go back to an iPad Pro. Because I have an iPad Air right now, uh, yeah. and my iPad Air was the last one that was before the M series. So I have an A series. I think it's the fourth version of the iPad Air, and then the fifth version came out with the M1 in it. Uh, and uh, I would look at a an iPad Pro that could run Mac OS in a heartbeat. You know. Yeah. Well, I'll let's uh, get. Get my attention on that. When do you think it's going to be they're announced? Saying, they're saying that uh, you know sometime between now and WWDC, and they think that they will happen near the end of the first quarter, which would be the end of next month. Okay. And that was right. I don't remember the source. I don't remember you know I, like I said I just read an article this week, but my recollection was it was a relatively reliable source, one that <clears> we're, <throat> used, we're used to seeing in the Mac uh, world, you know. Well, I may get a uh, 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 a birthday or an anniversary present. There you go. You've got an anniversary coming up. Yeah. Guess where I'm going to be for your anniversary? Where? In the dark. <laughs> the, the, the weekend of your anniversary is the last total eclipse for the continental United States until 2040. Oh, wow. And so um, we are planning to visit some family in Mississippi and then jaunt a little bit uh, west in order to get into the area of totality so I can take pictures. Ah, okay. So I'm hoping for good weather and no clouds, but we'll see. And and this happens in March or April? Uh, same weekend as your anniversary. Oh, April 8th. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. it's just after Easter, so it's an Easter present. Yeah. Right? There you go. Easter slash anniversary that's the, slash that's the thir- I just really want it. That that's the real yes. reason. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of and there's a whole bunch of family birthdays, Haley being one of them. Yeah. Uh, but Sue some friend has some friends, so a lot of birthdays that day too. Yep. A lot going on, and, lot going on. So Good talking to you again, Todd. Likewise. Let's wrap this sucker up. Let's put a bow on it. Thanks for watching Generation Tech. We'll be back again next week. I'm Todd Breaker. See you then. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.